Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. We've been continuously speaking to and to their attorney on this show, Abudo Call. He and his wife are trapped there with their one-year-old. And he told us last week that he got a letter, a notification email from the State Department, but it had no updated content in terms of a way to get out. Are the demands being made by Hamas, are any of them achievable at this point? Should they have hope? We believe that there will be a way to get those Americans out. We'd like to do that today if we could. I don't I don't know how close we are. We believe there's a way to do this. We just have to work at it and we're going to and we're going to continue to do that. The question is, are they further away now that Israel has taken parts of Gaza, that they've started to hit the tunnels and they indeed have taken the main road between the north and the south of Gaza? acting as a choke point. I am not opposed to any of these maneuvers by Israel. I'm asking the question. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Major Mike Lyons joins us right now, retired United States Army, West Point a graduate, military analyst all across your dial, all across your television screens, and our guy uh, over here. Let's start with the basics. There was no doubt that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu was not going to listen to any conversation regarding ceasefire. There's no doubt based on people I know within Israel and certainly outside conversations that Israel is about to listen to a conversation about ceasefire. That is a conversation for the political left in America and the Jew haters uh, across the globe. Now Israel, after three weeks, has started to make this incursion. A, why did it take so long? And now the follow-up. Give us an idea of where they are, what they've taken, what the strategy is. So, Tony, uh, Israel is fighting this 100% on their terms. They're not fighting it the way David Petraeus wants to fight it. They're not fighting it the way CNN wants them to fight it. They're not fighting it the way, I, I don't know, pick your, your, your American, you know, liberal or conservative organization wanted to find it. They thought they were going to line 20,000 troops up along the border, go in heavy, create lots of damage, and 72 hours it would all be done, and we'll all go back to everything else that we've been doing. That, that, that is not what's happening here. For the past 25 days, they've been conducting an air campaign that's been surgical, and they are completely destroying infrastructure inside the northern city of Gaza. And only in the last few days have they gone in in ground incursions and raids, and they're going in in very small units, uh, protecting their forces with tanks. And they're going after the tunnels, and they're doing it tunnel at a time and building at a time. They're, they are they're of course concerned about civilian casualties. Then I'm not saying they're not you know they're committing war crimes against an enemy that commits war crimes every day. We're we're like we're arguing over you know kind of what's going on here. But they're fighting for their existence. And when you fight for your existence, you're going to have disproportionality when it comes to contact and conflict. And there's going to be civilian casualties. So from this point, from my perspective, from what Israel is doing, they have shut out the rest of the world, and they are not going to stop until Hamas's military capability is completely destroyed. So we know a, a, a couple of things, and, and I, I, I agree with you there. They're going to fight uh, on their terms. 
but talk to me uh, about how they have entered Gaza, and was this what you were expecting, or is this surprising to you? So they, they, they've entered in three locations, two from the north, one close to the coastline with, again, smaller units. They've only egressed in about three kilometers. You know, kilometers, it's not a lot, not a lot of great distance. And in the south, they had a, a spot where they're trying to cut off basically anybody that's going to escape to the south of Gaza, right? You look at a map, you know, Israel is allowing safe passage for any civilian that can get there. And they're, they're not, it doesn't look like they're going to have a lot of activity going on in the southern port, portion of Gaza, waiting for the Egyptians and anybody else that wants to come in and help out. But, you know, like I said, the Egyptians knocked the wall down to get some trucks across. They can't build the wall up fast enough uh, when, when that's through. So, you know, no one's getting, Lebanese are getting no help from any of these other Arab countries as well. But no, I, I'm not surprised, and they're going to go slowly, and they're going to, um, again, target these tunnels. They're going to flip this thing on its head. They're going to say, okay, you wanna, if, you, if you want to use these tunnels, we're not going to chase you down these tunnels. We're just going to destroy them and blow them up and crater them and the like. Now, that does have a downside. It has a downside when it comes to the hostages. But I think that's why they're going slowly. They're trying to gather intelligence and gather information and you know do the best they can. The, the person that was rescued yesterday was wandering around Gaza, obviously somehow had escaped. We don't really know the whole story, but it was not a situation where she was released or anything like that. Talking to Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army. We read yesterday that there is a major street that goes to the center of Gaza, literally from the north uh, to the south. I believe it is Salah Eddin Street, Mm -hmm. and that Israel has gained control of this in a certain area, which would really separate the north from the south, allowing them to take uh, Gaza City uh, mm-hmm. and and slowly work their way through it. Is the plan from Israel, as you know it, to then release northern Gaza back to the quote-unquote Palestinians, or is there about to be a change in geography? No, so I, I don't know. I don't think they know either. I, I don't think Israel knows what's next. You know, that's, the, again, the question David Petraeus and everybody keeps asking them and everyone is so concerned about. And that's when you're in the United States and you're concerned about going into another country and blowing it up and then figuring out what's next. It, this is Israel's home. This is their existence. So I don't think they care about what's next. Um, they're going to try to find people that are going to lead the Palestinians in, in northern part of Gaza, but that's only after the military capability has been destroyed. Uh, so I think that's where their focus is going to be. This, they've said, you've heard um, Netanyahu and you've heard Israeli spokesmen say that their center of gravity is there in Gaza City. So that's where they're going to focus on. And, it, and this is going to still take, I think, months. We're, not, we're still a long ways away from whether or not that, you know, that, that's going to get controlled back over to some group of people. But it's not happening until Israel is completely assured that there's no military capability in that part of Gaza. Let's uh, now go into uh, what, and uh, not necessarily what comes next, where else are we looking? If we look at the map of Gaza, we've seen, uh, as you said, these entry points, and you're talking about entry points coming from the Mediterranean. You talk about the tunnels, and you talk about the objective is not to search them, but to destroy them, and the issue being, of course, hostages that are in the tunnels. Talk about the complexity of this tunnel system, the ability to have created it in the first place, and the and, and the task ahead, uh, to, to what advantage does Israel gain, and what is uh, the possible damage being done? So we're seeing tactics like, for example, smoke, sending smoke into a tunnel entrance with the place where they know it begins, 
and then looking to see where the smoke comes out of and to trying to find another point and then determining the extent and the length of that. They don't have the technology. They don't have things um, that, that they would like to have in order to make them safe. But they're also not going to send IDF soldiers down these tunnels to go look for the situation to walk into booby traps. They're just not going to they're not going to fight that fight, which is, again, what Hamas thought they were going to do. And they're, they're not going to do that. Um, the tunnel system is very complex. They're, they're underneath hospitals and, and civilian buildings and the like. And it will there's an implied task that a lot of that infrastructure will be destroyed on the top. So, so Hamas wants to drag Israel down to its level and try to fight it there. Israel's not going to go there. They're just going to surround and, and, and cave it in, basically, on who's ever there. Now, again, that's going to mean other casualties, but Israel... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you willing to, you know, take that risk. The risk that Israel also takes is one from Iran. We know that the USS carrier group Gerald R. Ford, we know that the carrier group Eisenhower is in uh, the, the, the Mediterranean. You have a, a destroyer name eludes me uh, on, on the other side. Uh, what is the saber rattling from Iran now, considering just a week ago there they were at the United Nations basically threatening the United States and Israel? So, and this is where the fuse gets lit and it gets worse if um, the Israelis feel that they must attack into Iran disproportionately in order to stop them from supporting Hamas and other militia fighters that, are, that Iran has sent after them. So Iran has used these proxies to, to wage this war. Um, and uh, the question is whether Israel is going to decide to launch some kind of attack into Iran. I, th- I think that's a potential outcome. Maybe it's six months from now. Maybe it's a year from now. Um, but at some point, Iran is undeterred. And they're undeterred by us because we don't respond you know, disproportionately. They, Iran's killed more U.S. soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan in the past 20 years than the enemy has. Iran uh, is now killing our soldiers and damaging them and hurting them in places like Syria with their proxies. And what do we do? We, we respond by hitting a logistical base. I, again, they've got to be deterred with a greater disproportional response, if that at all, especially against us as a bigger power. But if we continue to just play this kind of tit-for-tat game, this lather, rinse, repeat game, Iran's behavior is not going to change. What's it going to cause to change the Iranians' behavior? Um, Israel might have to soon find out to see what it's going to take. Well, what that's going to take is is not so much uh, the the question. It, it's it's a question of whether or not the United States and other nations are actually going to be behind Israel in their ability to put an end to the Hamas threat, which has been going on for years, and with all due respect, should have been ended years ago. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing from that international pressure? Is it all on Israel, or will that turn? towards Iran and other players like Russia and China. So I, yeah, I don't see Israel succumbing to that pressure. The question is, what does the United States do for the rest of the world? What side are we actually going to come down on here? Because it's clear. I mean, it is a bright line between good versus evil. And, and to watch people say that you know, Hamas can't be defeated because it's an ideology, it's like, well, tell that to the United States and the, and the powers back during World War II when the Nazis were an ideology. 
it's all about military capability and their and their, their equipment. Israel needs allies, and and to, to keep their eye on the ball to try to gain other allies in the Abrams Accords and and Saudi Arabia and the like, because at fifty thousand feet, this is potentially a Shia Sunni divide there as well. Um, they need allies, and if they could if they can gather them, they'll be in great shape. But I, you know, what 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 Iran has figured out is that the Arab nations won't. Um, get together, and they haven't got together in history in order to take Israel out. You know, the Egyptians, the Syrians, the the, the Jordanians, that they weren't able to do that in two wars. But what what Iran's betting on is that these militia groups, this kind of a thousand cuts is going to do it. Um, Israel's not going to fight that battle. They're going to take it right to Iran if they have to. And that's going to mean a, a wider global scale regional war. You had put, uh, if you want to follow Major Mike Lyons, you go to, to the uh, Twitter Xbox there, M-A-J for Major Mike Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S. Just as a follow-up on what you just stated. I am gobsmacked, you wrote, by some of the analysts who are confident Ukraine could defeat Russia and is winning that war, but don't believe Israel can defeat Hamas because it's an ideology and they have thousands of fighters. You just brought this up. I'm, can you expand on that? Sure. I mean, what what makes one from a military perspective thinks that you know you can't accomplish what you want to do from a foreign policy the same in the same direction? We have we have people that believe that the Iranians are winning, um, that, or I'm sorry, that the Ukrainians are winning and defeating Russia, an industrial power five times its strength. They're just they're holding their own, I and mean, we we want to support them obviously, and we don't want to see them lose and and see them, but they're not vanquishing Russia anytime soon. But the same mentality can be brought to this fight that Israel is doing with an existential threat. They're not stopping, and and and, and these these comments about. Pausing and ceasefires and, and everything and the like is just it, it, it's mind boggling to me when you hear a military person say that um, you know they're not going to be able to, to get the, rid of this ideology because um, they've got thousands of fighters. I just was okay. They're gonna they're gonna fight every last one of them. Then they're going to they're gonna take you know from a military perspective they're gonna take control of that geography whether um, the rest of the world likes it or not. That's going to happen. It sits right in their backyard. This is again not like the United States coming to Iraq mixing things up and then leaving. Uh, this is, this is, they're there. This is their home. It's a home, you know, game for them. So I'm just really surprised that people have not, people think that we're going to have the lather rinse repeat and Israel's going to stop here. Uh, they're not stopping for two seconds. Before I, I let you go, let's get to the, to the horror uh, situation of it militarily. What is for Iran a point of entry. Certainly, if they see the United States there on the uh, in, in the Mediterranean, that could give them pause. And some people wonder whether that's for a deterrence to Iran or deterrence to others, or maybe a deterrence to Israel itself. Everyone's got their own uh, un- unique point point of view there, and, and some mm-hmm. of it I, I don't buy into. There's a question of pressure that is is put, maybe possible more pressure on Russia and or China to get Iran not to engage. But is there a, is there a tipping point that is known that people like yourself look at that would say, OK, this is Iran's entry because they figure if it's about the elimination of Israel, which is the goal for these these so-called civilizations, uh, there become there comes a, a now or never point, even if they were to try it at five years from now. Is there is there a point? I, I don't see Iran overtly entering. No, because they don't have to. Because they've been they've gotten away for forty years by doing what they've been doing, and the world lets them get away with it. So it's going to take another kind of deterrence. It's going to take a disproportional response 
to Iran for something that they do that that they know they do. So, you know, they decide to attack U.S. forces again. We should put their entire navy at the bottom of the Persian Gulf, not not just one ship, not just, you know, we should just decide that's it. There should be if we're going to create a deterrence for them, it's going to be something that's going to be disproportional and it's going to be it's going to be completely to the point where they understand that uh, we're not kidding anymore. And it's got they've got to change their behavior. And until that happens, uh, Iran's going to just continue to go along this path because they get away with it. They get away with it because the rest of the world lets them get away with it. Just watch the United Nations. Just watch that. We can't even get countries to agree what Hamas did was bad. Uh, and if this is, again, if this is not a bigger bright line issue right now in, in our lifetimes, I'm not so sure what is. Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army. Follow him on the Twitter X, M-A-J, M-A-J, Mike Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S. I appreciate you taking the time. We'll talk again soon. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.